Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. And what if, what if this love is so immense, it's so awesome, it's so almost unknowable that it's going to take me all of eternity to unpack the height, the depth, the width of the love of God? What if God is actually that good? What if He's infinitely better than I can imagine or think? I don't know. I have no idea how things are going to work out. What if He's working out all things out together for our good? What if? What if? to just uh, just share some things about our thought life and because there's so much in the air right now. Proverbs 37, uh, excuse me, 23 verse 7 says this, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Thoughts are very powerful. They create a worldview for us. Now, thoughts can also create feelings. If I start to think about the dangerous situation, I will start to become afraid, and that's a feeling, that's a sensation. Sensations and feelings can also create thoughts. I can, I can have a sense of dread and then begin to formulate, like, why, why do I feel the dread? It could be this, it could be that. So thoughts are really important, and really thoughts are the words that we speak to ourselves. They're the words that we speak to ourselves in our mind. And Proverbs indicates that according to the way that we think, we become. So, our thoughts, they can produce fear or they can produce faith. They can produce anxiety or they can produce confidence. So much of what we contemplate in our lives right now, it, it just is all about the possibilities that are set before us, right? So, especially in uncertain time, we're always trying to figure out, you know, what's next when, when we can't know what the governor is going to make us, our life become one week to the other, right? So we try to figure out what's next. And, and often these thoughts produce questions. Questions set up scenarios that we want to, uh, that are looking for answers. So this past Monday, I woke up and kind of, as I always do, just kind of trying to get the sensation of the Lord's presence and what is on his heart. And I heard the words, what if? And I knew that I needed to share today with you just about the what if. The what if of life. And sometimes as we walk through life, we ask ourselves, you know, what if? And then we put together that thought, words with that thought, scenario with that thought. See, what if creates for us a scenario. And if what if is followed by a declaration of who God is and what his word says about him, then that will set up a different scenario than if I, I follow up by by, by thoughts of dread or, or thoughts of doom, okay? Because then, then that can be a terrifying scenario. So what if actually sets everything for us? So today I want to talk to you about the competing what ifs of our life. The, the what, what, those competing what if thoughts. Some voices sound like this. What if my baby is deformed and the doctor is not picking it up? What, what, what if I'm going to have to spend Christmas by myself? Well, what if... What if I, 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 I'm not going to have control over the aspects of my life, where I'm going to shop, where I'm going to, where I'm going to, where I'm going to worship, how we're going to worship? I mean, what if this isn't going to stop? So that, what if, 
can set up a, a whole scenario for us of anxiety and difficulty and pain or that what if of God. Like, what if God? So we can think, what if this? And there can be a reality to that, but there's also a greater reality and tapping into the superior reality, which is the what if of God. So we're going to go to Romans uh, 9, and uh, we're going to read from verses uh, 21 to 23. And so uh, we'll turn there right now. It says this, Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and the other vessel for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy which he has prepared beforehand for glory. What is it saying? It's saying that God is working beyond what we understand. Just like I was talking about the whole scenario with Psalms 23, with, with all, the, all the verses that I've been kind of going through, is that we, we can look at evil men and say, God, what are you doing? They're destroying lives. They're, they're, they're killing mer babies. They're doing all these terrible things. And we look at the, the scriptures like Micah, like, like Malachi, Psalms, even in the gospel where Jesus says that God, that God won't be mocked and that every man will have to repay according to his deeds. Okay, we say, God, like when are you going to do something about these things? And what Paul is saying here is, is that what if God in his wisdom is slow to show anger in order that he may put his mercy on display through the vessels of honor to, to bring, when, so that when wrath comes forth, people will understand it is justice and it is good. So I'm prophesying to you right now, guys, we're living in that moment right now. We're living in the moment we have to be patient with, with, with things that we're saying, God, when are you going to bring justice? When are you going to solve these issues? How long, how long, oh God? And God is saying, allow me, Allow me to do what I am doing because when I show up with my wrath, people will understand that it's my justice and I will be glorified. So what I'm saying today is that there's a what if of heaven that reveals the character and nature of God. That's what Paul says. But what if God is actually doing this? What if God is actually doing this? A character and nature of God that never chases. A character and nature of God that is better than what we can imagine as revealed in Romans 3, verse uh, 3. What if some were, were unfaithful? Does their unfaithfulness nullify the faithfulness of God? You can take that to the bank right there. There's something you can actually take to the bank right now. Is that is that even if man fails you, God will not fail you. And if you haven't been diligent, if you haven't done what you should have done, it, 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 that doesn't mean that God will not be faithful to you. No, he will always be faithful, even though we are unfaithful. God will will be faithful because because our character and our nature doesn't change His nature. And so, what if frames a heavenly reality? So let me explain this a little bit better. Like, what if today I I I, I failed in my call? What what if today I failed in my commitment? Then I look, I turn around, and say, but what if the mercies of God are new every morning? So that although I fail, when I come to him and call for mercy, mercy will be there for me. Because mercy is not what I, but, but I deserve. Mercy is, comes out of the goodness of God and the grace of God and gives me what I don't deserve. And, and what, if, what if his love, 
is so immense. It's so awesome. It's so almost unknowable that it's going to take me all of eternity to unpack the height, the depth, the width of the love of God. What if God is actually that good? What if He's infinitely better than I could imagine or think? And although I have no idea how things are going to work out, what if He's working out all things out together for our good? What if? What if? This is the what if that we need to start speaking into the world right now when we hear testimonies of other people and their, their, their troubles and their, and their trials and the tribulation and encourage one another with the what if of God. What if God calls me to have a different response even in the middle of something that I don't have answer, that I don't have a clear outcome. But but but, but if God, right now, what, what if I'm in the middle of a storm and he's singing over me? Okay, what if he's able to do more than what I can think or ask? Then if he's doing that, if he's, if he's singing over me right now, then what I've got to do is I've got to stop to listening to the storm and i got to start listening to his voice. There's, 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 there's that, what if God right now, in the middle of what I'm experiencing, what if God is doing something that I can't even imagine that it's for my good? What if in my brokenness of my body that the doctors say they have no answer to, what if the same power that raised Jesus from the dead right now is quickening my mortal body. What if God, who's able to raise Jesus from the dead, can raise my body? That if changes the, the dialogue, it changes the story, it changes the narrative. So there's an if that will change the narrative. David goes to, to, the, to uh, the Valley of Perizim where his brothers are there fighting the, the, the Philistines. And he finds that the Philistines are controlling the narrative. They set the ground rules for the war. Okay, and, and, and they're, they're trying to figure out who will go up against Goliath. And David changes the narrative with if. And he goes, if God was able to deliver the lion and the bear into my hands, will he not also deliver Goliath? into my hands. You see, it's so important because the narrative controls reality. And there is a narrative that we have got to stop letting control our lives. That the if, of, if this doesn't work out, if, 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 if there's no answer to this, to the if of I know who God is. If he, he who, who looks at the grass of the fields, who's, who's here today and clothes tomorrow and clothes it with glory, how much more will he clothe me? See, there's an if that will change destiny. Now, I want to I tell you a story about that. So, when Deborah and I had heard from the Lord, fasted, prayed, fought God for a year about starting the church and gave in and received a vision for a, for a, for a city-changing church, a church that would go into the heart of darkness and bring light. We went before our elders, and we, we, we as sons and daughters of the house, we wanted them to send us out with a blessing. And I said to them, I will not go unless you guys bless us and release us and send us as a son and daughter with our inheritance. And so I submitted to them the vision that we had. And then they asked me to leave the room so they could talk about it. And later a friend of mine told me what they talked about. He said, Steve, after you left, everybody said how incredibly proud they were of you for taking something so big on. He says, but the dialogue began to change into, but this never works. At that time, no church would ever last downtown beyond two years. And so they, they would say, you know, if we really love Steve and Deb, we're going to say no, because 
these things never work. At best, they're going to be a soup kitchen. They'll never be a, a thriving church. You know, it's just, it's just they're, they're taking on a mission impossible. And, and they were talking like that for about 45 minutes, kind of going through the different scenarios. And all of a sudden, our senior pastor just stops the whole conversation and says, but what if, but what if Steve and Deborah find a way to actually do what others could not do? What if God is actually calling them and sending them and they receive the vision from God? That what if was our father's house. That's what gave it the blessing to come and be planted in the heart of our city. And listen, guys, so many through our lives, through our history as a church, that this house was born with a prophetic what if. So we had to keep the, that what if always in our mind as we were facing contradictions, when we faced the impossibilities, when all the things that they said would happen started to happen because it was hard, it was difficult. And then we, what would we do then? We said, but yeah, but God, God said that, that Father's house would be this incredible three-ring circus that would change the city. It, it, would, it would have a one-ring one lion tamers and, and another one clowns and, and the other one's magician. And, and, and we were, and that spoke of, of healing miracles with the magicians and, and the joy bringers, the clowns that would brought joy to, to the city and, and, and the lion tamers that would tame the forces of darkness over the city. And years later, what have we done? What has God done through through Father's house that darkness power has come down in neighborhoods? Things there was there was there was actual brothels in, in, in places that traffic girls and kids that are now boutique hotels. Places where you could go ask somebody to kill someone for you is now is now beautiful places of restaurants and refuge. That, that we could even, like you heard the testimony, go to Pioneer Square and dance and flag and have somebody who's having issues with their sexuality come and, and be, be, be overtaken by the joy of the presence of the Lord and begin to, to, to wonder if they too could be changed and transformed. Our history is full of, if, if God said, then it must be true. Then it must be true. But let me tell you guys, there's a lot of times where, where those words were not... <laughs> Didn't seem anywhere near close by, you know. We had we had words that we, that you know that someday one day, Father's house would restore orphans and, and taking the prodigals, and and at the time, man, God started bringing the prodigals, and we're like, I don't know how these guys are ever going to be restored. And then years later, people after people, we're going to leave now because we're going back home. Thank you for restoring our lives. Thank you for teaching us how God loves. Thank you for doing all these things for us. See. All that time that we were we were facing the, the, the contradictions, you know, and we were saying, Yes, but if God said it, is he a man that he would lie? That we gotta hang on to that what if that was became the narrow path of our faith. For years we didn't see those promises come to pass. Yeah, there was promises that said that, that Father's house would, would 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 be would be invited to the table, it would bring change to the table. And I was like, how's that ever going to happen? How, they don't even know that we're here. We're a church of 35 people. What's, what, how's God going to ever do that with us? You know, and the testimony is that years later, guys, I have sat on every, every board that you can think of for policy making our city, from transportation to housing, from, from, from sex trafficking to, to homelessness, to, to neighborhood, neighborhood wellness. God has done so much because when we read those prophetic words, and they weren't coming to pass, but we were in the hard moment 
And then we look down at the end of those prophetic words. But in the beginning, it will be difficult. You'll be you'll be infiltrated by witchcraft. They will they will come against you in many different ways, and it'll be very very hard. And we say, "Aha! We're we're experiencing that. If we're experiencing this, then God God is able to do everything else because He said it all. The one who said you will be infiltrated also said you'll change the city. So those, those little ifs, those little ifs." set before us a, 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 a narrative change in our own mind when discouragement hit us. I remember the day, guys, when when most of our leadership team had quit because they were exhausted and tired and pressing in and, and the pushback of darkness and the enemy and, and and it just the table was empty. It was just Ty, Deneen, Deb and I. And I remember Ty said, what if what we should focus is not so much how do we build a church, but how we build a city. And what if, Steve, what if you said yes to everything they asked you to do? That if, that what if you should do this, changed the way we were doing church. And it actually set forth the path that put Father's House on this city reformation, transformation movement that we've become. So, listen. We, we really need to understand that, that the uh, if of God, the if of God, can change the narrative of the moment, and it will change our perception of reality. You know, the if like, if I call on his name, he will answer. If others are faithful, I are faithless, I know that he will be faithful. If others will abandon and leave me, I know that he will not leave me. Okay, so there's that what if of God that this morning we need to speak out over situations that we are in, over the situation that our city's in, that our nation is in. I think that some of you gathered in the room today, you have some, some ifs. And I think we need to speak the other if to your situation. We need to speak, speak the if of God to your situation. And I believe that that if is going to change the narrative in our thoughts, that's going to change our reality and who we become in this moment. So I'm going to pray over you. Then I'm going to turn it over to the leader that's there in, in, your, in, your, in, the, in the different uh, zones that we're in meeting today. And... And you're going to just have a, a great time of speaking the if of God. So what you're going to do is essentially, we're going to name some things that are going on out there. And we'll say, but if God, right? We're going to, we're going to bring the opposite by, by our, our if God. That like that, that it, what, what if Deborah and Steve found a way? You know, what if God will be faithful, even though others are being faithless? So by now. I want you to bow your head. And I'm just going to release just just the spirit of, of of faith that that right now begins to take our thoughts captive and and say, I'm going to make my thoughts speak a greater reality, a greater truth in this moment that we're experiencing in this season. That even though we cannot from week to week know what our lives is going to look like, what if God has already set our paths? And he will light the way as he promised in his word. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that you are being so faithful, so faithful to us. You would, Lord, rise up in all of us with that, that, that if story that we all carry. 
If God was able to deliver the lion and the bear to our hands, then God can deliver Goliath. That 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 what if that that pronounces your character, your nature, your goodness, who you are, what your word says about you. Lord, I, I thank you right now that you are interrupting, Lord, the reality of what people are experiencing with the greater reality of heaven. And so I bless them, Lord God, right now by the power of your spirit. I pray that you would go into every 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 single place that your people are gathered in today, Lord God, in the different zones, Lord, from, from, from Clark County to, to Multnomah County, Lord, I thank you that even right now you're doing this by the power of your, of your word, Lord, that you're releasing your word out of our mouth that creates the reality that you have already shaped for us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I love you. Have a great time together. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. Thank you.